We do have a new series today, and the series is called A Way Out, A Way Out. And you're thinking, a way out of what? All right, the title today specifically is Always A Way Out. That didn't help you much. Always A Way Out. Our focus will help you. It'll get us focused in on what it is this series is about. Every time there is a temptation, there is always a way out. Now, I don't know if you agree with that or not. Some people have a hard time with that concept that every time there is a temptation, there is always a way out. I remember having a conversation with uh, uh, somebody in my college years, and this somebody was saying, what would you have done? And he was comparing notes with where he was at and kind of making excuses for the fact that he, there was no way out. I mean, he had... How could you resist this temptation? He articulated where that situation was precisely before he, and he knew it was wrong, but he went right into it, and he said, now if you had that situation, wouldn't have you fallen as well? And as I was listening, I was thinking, inside my mind, yeah, if I was all the way in that situation, what he didn't see was that I had many, many lines in my life that he had crossed right over, thinking that's not temptation, that's not temptation, there's nothing wrong with this, nothing wrong with that. And all these lines he had already crossed over and was in a, describing a situation late in a series of temptations from my perspective and felt like there was just no way to succeed at the level that he was at. Well... If I had crossed all those other lines, I probably would have been right there with him too. But I wasn't. Now, was I a saint? No. I mean, I'm filled with temptations just like you are filled with temptations. But everybody's temptations are different. I mean, some temptations that other people have, you think, what? You're tempted to do that? Here's an example. I read about um, middle school in Oregon some time ago where the girls, for whatever reason, had this habit where they were, and I imagine it was a peer pressure temptation, because it's hard for me to imagine this temptation. They were putting on lipstick in the bathroom, and they began to, every time, kiss the mirror, and in kissing the mirror, they left these lip prints all over the mirror. And it was getting ridiculous, and the custodian was getting frustrated, the principal was getting frustrated, and they weren't sure what they were gonna do about it, and so the principal had this idea. Principal called all of the girls, now, all of the girls, I can't imagine all the girls in in the middle school actually crowding into the bathroom, so I'm not sure if this is a small school or whatever. They got all these girls crowded into the bathroom, and then the principal made this little speech. Okay, girls, I don't think you realize how hard it is to clean this mirror, so the best thing we thought of was to help you see how hard it is to clean this mirror. Jack, could you, and Jack was a custodian, could you go ahead and show them how hard it is to clean the mirror? He took this long-handled brush, and he grabbed the brush, and he dipped it into the toilet, and began to scrub away the, the, the stuff all over the mirror, and he just dipped it in again, and worked, and worked, and worked, and scrubbed away, and you know what? It was never a temptation for those girls to begin to kiss the mirror. Don't you wish that every temptation was easy to solve, so quick to help us see that a temptation, when we succumb to it, is really kissing filth. But a lot of times, 
that person's temptation is like kissing the mirror. Who would, who would have ever thought the kissing in the mirror is a temptation? And then we have our own temptation. They're thinking, what? This is your temptation? That, that doesn't even make any sense. But there's something about it that tempts us. And what we don't see when we go for it is there's a little filth involved. Now, to bear out that filth and help us to see that filth is a trick. It's not easy to do. Um, because if it was really, really easy, we wouldn't be tempted. With every temptation, there is an, a rising sense of desire for a pleasure. And the pleasure is c- calling us to uh, that temptation. But what we need to see is that every time there is a temptation, there is always a way out. Now, you may be like my friend who talked to me and said, no, there is no way out of this one. I mean, you would be so tempted. You would never be able to say no to this situation. I'm not going to describe it to you. And if I was in that situation, maybe, but I would have probably attacked it much earlier before it got to that situation is my thinking. At least that was my life at that point when I was describing it, or he was describing it to me. Now, there are three reasons why Every time there's a temptation, there is always a way out. And I'm pretty convinced that this is true. Before I tell you those three and then the three that you actually write down, which will come later, um, let me just say, if there's ever a series that is relevant to all of us, this is it. Maybe there's one, two, five, or a few who are thinking, I'm not tempted anymore. I'm too old. Or I can't think of any temptations or something along that line. Um, That's probably a whole other series to get into about, no, you're tempted. Uh, Maybe you'll figure out some of the temptations that you have as we talk about temptations. But I believe that this series, four sessions, will actually change some of your lives. Hopefully all of us. Where some people literally, oh good, I hope he tells me something that helps. Because for you, this temptation is a temptation and you can't seem to say no and you want to say no because although there's a rising desire when the temptation is hitting you, you see how destructive it is. It's something that is messing you up and you hate it but you still do it and you're thinking, okay, can you, can you help me here? Now, if you are in that scenario, um, there's a chance that that temptation is not just a kind of isolated event temptation. It is now perhaps at the level of addiction, okay? We kind of get addiction in our cultural language. The biblical language for addiction is it's a stronghold. Now, a stronghold is where sin gets a stronghold. I like that definition. It's really kind of easy. Where sin gets a stronghold of your life, where, where there's a pattern of thinking that has entered into your psyche, and it's gripped you, and you're in this loop, and because you're in this loop, sin has got you, and you keep going for this thing, even though it's messing with you, and destroying you, and messing up your relationships, and causing all kinds of trouble, you still have difficulty saying no, because it is a stronghold, okay? So... If that's you, I'm glad you came. Because every one of us have probably 
if not currently struggling with a stronghold and don't know it, or struggling with a stronghold and know it, we have had strongholds in our life. Now, we live in an interesting time because we share everything about the good part of our life. We share everything about how things are going great, and everybody thinks that all of us are so great, and we never share all the stuff that's messed over. Maybe I'm jaded, but here's my view. We're all messed up. Okay? My view is that pretty much everybody is broken. We have a brokenness that we're doing the best we can to manage it, to make sure that it's not messing us up, messing those up around us. So this series is really relevant to help us live more free, free from bondage, free from these things that are tempting us, free in a sense that, wow, I'm doing better. It's, I, I have some tools that are working. So I'm hoping that in four weeks I give you those kinds of tools and you feel like, oh, it's made a huge difference for me. Okay? I don't know what your temptation is. As if you only had one. Okay? But I believe it's going to be really, really helpful. Now, there are three reasons why I believe this is true. Every time there is a temptation, there is always a way out. One, God says so. We're going to go there in a moment. Two, we need to understand God's character. And because of his character and his goodness to us, he always is faithful to us to give us a way out. We're going to discover that. And three... The very word, temptation, in the uh, Greek that's translated to the English has implied within the word itself that there is a way out, which I didn't know until deep into theology. Okay, so we're going to talk about those three things. We're going to jump right into the very difficult ideas first, so if you're not following, um, don't worry, just keep following, trying to follow, and then we'll keep going with it. We're going to then get real simple, real basic, so that you have something to take away with you today. Let's jump right into the scripture. This is the main text of all four weeks. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is the scripture, and it reads, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. Isn't that good news? He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. That's where this series gets its name, a way out, so that you can endure it. Now, even the phrase endure it makes me think this way of viewing temptation is completely different than the way I usually think of temptation. I usually think of temptation as escape it. Now, when it says a way out so that you can endure it, there's a nuance here that just doesn't seem to fit. I want to escape a way out so I'll never be tempted again. A way out so that I'm okay. And yet... We're talking about something that perhaps we need to get a hold of better. So I'm, I'm playing here. I like this word. Ah, that is working. And this word. And I want to talk about those words with a Greek root, okay? The Greek word, root for the word tempt is perasmos, okay? You don't need to know that. It's probably too much information. You don't need to know how to spell it. 
But here's the idea that was new to me that was like, oh my, because we only think of temptation as temptation to do wrong, okay? And the word, actually the way it's used in Greek is different than the way we use a dual word here, unless we use the word problem, problem kind of has that effect. No problem has overtaken you except what is common to mankind and God is faithful. He will not let you have a problem beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Here's what the word can be translated as. It can be translated as tempted. It can be translated as tested or tried. Because you could have the result in the situation where it does tempt you to do wrong, but you might have a situation where God shows you the way out where the situation has you could be tested and the purpose for the testing is to do right. And the same situation brings out both. We never really see this when we see this verse translated with just the word tempted. But I want you to see this, and if you compare translations, sometimes you can see it, okay? There's not a problem you've ever faced that there's not a way to handle it and please God. There's not a situation that'll come at you that will be so much that you can't have a way out to please God. Now you understand the temptation or testing side of it, and now it begins to make sense where we're, we're going to study this passage too, where James says, God is faithful, his character is so holy, he never tempts anyone, okay? But at the same time, the same word, consider all joy when you are parasmas, tried, tested. Here's how it works. A situation comes at you, for you it's a total temptation. Remember this, there's two sides of the coin of this situation, You're tempted because you're viewing it from one side of the coin of the situation. One side of the coin of the situation is that you have a desire rising up within you to do this thing which is wrong. God never intended for that situation to cause you to do wrong. He didn't bring it about for that purpose. This is a test from his perspective. He is holy so he can only see it as for your good and he always gives you a way to where it is for your good. Now you can come out of it from the other side of the coin. You're tested so that you can do right. Now, having said that, some of you that felt like, oh yeah, I don't experience temptations anymore. Baloney. (laughs) Okay? You may not be tempted in some of the ways you used to be as a youngster, but when a problem comes your direction, you have that same two-sided situation taking place. You can grumble and complain and moan and not think about God and handle this problem your way. Okay? Those are all temptations. Okay? This is what we're talking about. You're handling it whether you're going to handle it the way that the we have a spiritual enemy, by the way. That's a big one. We have a spiritual enemy that's trying to take the same situation and maneuver it in such a way to incite the desires within you to respond in such a way that you go fail the test and get weaker. But God has allowed it so that you can succeed in the test, the problem, the situation, and get stronger. Every single time, God views it as there's a way. There's a way for you to get stronger in this. 
Now, that by itself is a world changer as you view temptations coming your direction. If that's all we did today and we said go home, take a look at your world from a different perspective, you're going to suddenly stop blaming God, right? Something comes your direction, you blame God. I can't believe you put this in my life. This is way too much for me to handle, right? Uh Uh-uh. God's character is so good that he has a plan for you to be strengthened in this if you'll respond to him. The enemy is taking that same situation and he will do what he is a master at doing. He will accuse you. He will cause you to want to blame others. He will make you think, there's no way out of this. I've already thought of this, but I just will do it. I've already done it once. I just will do it 20 times. I already had one bowl of ice cream. I might as well finish the carton. (laughs) Oops, I shared too much. Um, The temptation of... There's, there's so many. It's out there, right? All right. Now, let's begin with point number one. It's not a sin to be tempted. Okay, so the situation comes your direction. You've got the f- two sides of the coin. You've got the enemy working the one side of the coin, and you've got God that's working the other side of the coin. This is precisely the situation that Jesus came and faced over and over and over again. And we read in Hebrews this text, um, which is next, right? For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way. Okay, now when we read that, we gotta be careful to not view it the way my friend did, thinking that if I were in that situation, I would handle exactly he did, I probably would never get to that situation, and Jesus would have never got to that situation either. But in the kinds of temptations, Jesus had a body. Jesus had desires. Jesus had an ego. Jesus had eyesight. Jesus had all the things that we have in the weakness and frailty of our human being to be tempted with the flip side of the coin. So when Satan comes at him and he's weak and hungry and Jesus has literally, he's the son of God, he tempts him at the level of who he is, say to this bread, I mean this stone, be bread, and he's hungry. Those temptations are very real. And whereas Every time I'm tempted, I mean, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, and I think, oh, okay, I'll just do it. And then the temptation's gone for a little while, right? That's like the relief valve. That's the way we think. Jesus never had a relief valve because he never did it, ever. The temptation kept growing and growing and growing and growing throughout his ministry to assert himself, to show himself, to assert his power, to let everybody know, to mmm. And it kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. He never succumbed. Even when he was on the cross, it's still the way of weakness, still the way of weakness. I'm going to handle this the way God wants me to handle it, not my way. He could have called the angels. Boom. Relief. But didn't. So he handles temptations in every way from a frailty perspective and yet always found the way to honor God in the temptations that came his direction. So what I'm getting at here is, first of all, Temptation is not sin. We will sometimes be accused by the enemy. Ah, look at you. Pretty evil, aren't you? Look at what you're tempted to do. 
all right? And you're suddenly feeling guilty. Wait, wait, wait. Temptation is not the sin. When you take the temptation up a level, it's the sin, okay? Jesus sometimes confuses us on this because he says things like, you've heard that it was said, do not murder, but I say to you, do not hate. Anyone who hates his brother has committed murder in his heart. So you might take that and twist it all around. <laughs> I hate him anyway. <laughs> I already sinned in my heart. Just as well take him out. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Just the, Jesus is not advocating that, all right? He is not saying, since you sinned anyway, killing him is just as, might as well live it out. No, 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 no. He's not saying that. He's saying... Those of you who are religious and into sin as only being the outward behavior, I'm taking it deeper. It is deeper than that. You've got to address the issues of the heart. You've got a murder problem when you hate. Address it earlier. That's what I'm talking about when I had that conversation with my friend. He had a, I'll just say it, he had a lust problem that he had nurtured and developed and fed and it grew and grew and grew. And he's describing the end stage of the scenario where it's way beyond his ability to control, but he wasn't controlling the earlier stages at all. So he had already crossed all these other lines and said, I couldn't help it. Well, you are already feeding it, growing it, making it happen in your life, okay? I forgot where I was going next. So when all else fails, go to point two. Point two. You are never above temptation. You are never above temptation. Now, the key verse was 1 Corinthians 10, 13. If we back up one verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 12, it reads this way. So, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. There's a danger here. Um, nobody is above temptation. We're coming, tests are coming our direction all the time. You're th if you think this is the only area that I struggle and I'm going to guard that area, the, the enemy is a master. The area that you think you never struggle and you never guard, he comes at you there. You think, ah, I'd never fall there. You've seen it, right? You know people that you thought, man, they had a great marriage. He was a fantastic father. He was a family man, like a family man. It's beautiful. I used to think that's what our family would want to be like. And then everything fell apart. He has an affair. You find out they had a big old addiction problem and blah, 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 and it just destroyed. Why was that that this guy you thought was way above this sunk so low? Well... He thought he was above it, too, okay, to illustrate that. Sometimes I'll bring a message, and, man, I come home thinking, <laughs> home run. Okay, very rare, but I, home run. But if I think that, ooh, watch out Sunday night, and watch out Monday morning. Because this area that I thought, wow, I really, those were wise words. This was great. We've, this, man, I really came through. I might even think, I've got this one, boom. Like, hello, <laughs> I wish that I would have never preached that sermon. I knew better, but I, okay, I'm very tempted in the very area that I thought, here's the wise words, here's what we do, here's so on and so forth. All right, so be very, very careful to never think that you're above temptation. Guard yourself in the areas that are typical if you're not tempted there. Continue to keep the guard to not 
go there. Point number three. There is always, always a way out. We're going to be dealing with this issue for four weeks, but this next statement might be worth you actually jotting down. Here's the statement. Every temptation is an invitation to depend on Christ. Every temptation is an invitation to depend on Christ. There's the two sides of the coin. There's the worldview. There's the probationary period that we're in as a world. There's the little probation test that Adam and Eve failed, and now we're all in this test together, and we have this test coming at us all the time. And the test comes our direction. Are you going to do it your way, or you can do it God's way? It's coming at us, and there's two sides of the coin with every situation, every desire. Now, here's a, here's a really important thing to recognize as it relates to temptation. God isn't tempting you, okay? You can't even blame the devil. If there is a way out, which is great news, we've got a way out, yahoo, God will help me with a way out. But if there's always a way out, guess what? You can't blame anybody if you don't take it. Oops, bummer. That means that you can't blame Satan because there's always a way out. You can't blame God because he never tempts. You can't blame your spouse who caused you to... Right? By the way, on that one, did I ever talk about how there's a difference between a sin in the mind? I didn't yet, did I? So I hate somebody. I just as well sin because Jesus said it was sin. I just as well kill him because sin is a sin. I'm judged for this. So I just will be judged for this. If I ask for forgiveness for this, I can ask for forgiveness for this. Satan's a master at messing you over. You've already done it in your head. Just do it. Ooh, let me just tell you, there's a far, and you know this, a far greater social consequence to hate in your heart and hate with your gun, right? The social consequences are huge, especially for the guy you just shot, right? So you're driving down the road and you see a lady jogger. Whoa. Okay. And Jesus addresses this. There's lust, careful, in the heart. And Satan will come at you. You've already lusted in your heart. Might as well think about it a little bit more. It's already sin. Hold it, hold it. At what point do you cross over from temptation to sin? Yes, you can cross over from temptation to sin in the mind. But there's always a point at which you can turn back before the social consequences are greater. Right? So Jesus is just addressing the fact that internally, our hearts are incredibly deceiving. And we get caught by the lies all the time. Woo-hoo. God, you've made a beautiful creation. I'm just honoring you right now. I'm honoring you as I'm looking at, oh, just magnificent how you've put her together. You wouldn't let me do that. Because we know that's just deceitfulness inside of us that's making excuses for it. Jesus says, you know, don't look again. So you're tempted to feed the desire or take God's way out. 
Stop. Don't look. The second look, that temptation just highlights the fact that you have a dangerous desire inside. That, by the way, is something a lot of people don't even realize. What? I have dangerous desires in me? Uh-huh. You're the son of Adam, the daughter of Eve. It's now not pure desires. You have good desires because you're created in God's image, and you have impure desires because you're the son of Adam, the daughter of Eve. The impure desires are dangerous. You have to learn how to manage dangerous desires, and every temptation has within it a dangerous desire, but instead, look at what God wants to do with you, clean you, strengthen you, allow you to become one who depends on him. Now, I still have time to do this. Um, Back in the 70s, before everybody had computers at home, you used to pay money to go into these video arcade places, and man, you paid money to play this game where the graphics were amazing. I want to show you a little clip of it. In this, aren't these graphics like amazing? Back in the 70s, did anybody recognize what this is? Asteroids. Okay, so you're this little uh, triangular spaceship and, and you're going after these incredible asteroids because they're all coming at you and there's this music going and the music is getting more intense and things are going more fast and more fast and it's rapidly increasing in intensity and they're all going to come at you and you're just turning around and trying to shoot down every circumstance, every temptation that's coming your direction. It's just coming come on at you and then you're going like this. And you're thinking, there's no way out. There's no way out. Don't you wish there was just a button in this game? There was. How many of you remember the button? And you could get it, what was the button called? Hyperspace. Oh, so cool. You have temptations are coming in your direction, it's coming in, it's all coming in, it's like, oh, too much, I can't handle it. Hit the button, hyperspace, boom, put you in another screen. Huh. New life, I'm good. All right, this is a stretch, I know, but we have a button. It's called hypergrace. Every time it's coming at you, it's coming fast and intense. If you will just hit the button and turn to Christ. Now, what that looks like precisely for you, I can't really say. I mean, I can talk about some generics like confess. Call somebody and confess. Admit it. Pray. Pray and confess to God. Help. Hyper button, boom, depending on Christ. I got to flip to the other side of the coin. Okay? takes you right out of the immediate, and you're seeing the other side of the coin. What we're doing here is turning to God in the moment that we're about to kiss the filth. Right? I don't want to kiss the filth. Help me hit the button. And then God enters into the situation. Asteroids. That's a really amazing graphics. <laughs> it was pretty addicting back then. All right. So, I don't know where you live. I don't know what the issues are. I don't know what the temptations are. I haven't described for you the specifics about what the way out is, but I'm laying the groundwork to help you understand. When you're tempted, don't let the enemy mess with you. Temptation is not guilt. Temptation is being human. Jesus was tempted but without sin. And he totally understands weakness. He understands temptation. It's crossing over to sin and then making a habit until it becomes a stronghold. There are escalations of all of these desires where it starts to put you into bondage and I'm gonna try to help you take steps to set yourself free. 
But right now, just very initially, hit the button. It's coming at you. Instead of going with your desires, turn to Christ. And those of you who have a relationship with Christ have a power that's greater than anything in the world. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead will respond. The Holy Spirit will say, I'm right here. I'm your helper. I'm your comforter. I will help you. And you can begin to depend on Christ and get stronger in that situation instead of weaker in that situation. All right, we're just beginning. I hope you'll want to hear and come back and learn the nitty-gritty and the details to get some equipment and some tools to find the way out and to get stronger and stronger and stronger instead of weaker and stuck and failing. Would you pray with me? Father, we are so grateful that you are faithful, that there's not a unique problem in this room. Perhaps some have kind of bought into that, that their temptation, their problem, their trial is way harder than anybody else's, and you have stated that there is no problem or trial that is so unique that there's not a way out. And you have stated that you are faithful and that you will provide a way out. And Lord, we want to keep blaming, excusing ourselves, staying stuck. We admit that. We ask you to help us to take some steps, to get stronger, to cry out to you, to hit the button. Lord Jesus, help me. I need you right now. Will you be my savior? My desires are welling up. Help me to redirect my mind. Help me to set my heart and mind on you and the goodness and what you have for my future. Help me to turn away from the filth that's trying to destroy my future. Help me, Lord, to honor you, Lord Jesus. Perhaps there's somebody in this room that doesn't know Jesus. You might want to hit the button. Lord Jesus, I would like to get to know you because I am not handling my life well. Would you be my savior? Help me to get to know you so I can turn to you and find victory here as well. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.